Thank you, Ruby. Thank you, Mary, for that. Uh, good evening, friends. When I came in here and find uh, these guys doing the, the rehearsal and the guy there with the tech, and then they said, I think we are here for a long haul tonight. <laughs> so I said, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the young man said, please be short tonight. <laughs> no, he did not say that. That's only me. Um, <laughs> John, you remember on Tuesday. <laughs> so we have a banter with John. Um, uh, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this uh, great time you have given us. We can't take these uh, times for granted. As we just heard from Mary, and um, that uh, part of uh, this world you created, they can't gather freely like us. And so what you are speaking to us uh, Give us ears to, to listen, eyes to see, and a heart to take in, and cause us to be willing and obedient to what you are asking us and you are encouraging us to do and to be. And so we commit now this time again into your hand. Would you continue to speak, Lord? Your servants are listening. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm not going to go through the whole of the passage, but just one verse that struck me. Um, for those who are joining us uh, in the evenings, we have now a theme we are looking at, uh, eating with God, and at the same time looking at this God who is at work in the world and at work around us and in us. And so tonight is one of those parts, God at work in the world. And this is the second night since we started this theme. Uh, you remember the first night we had early here when we had the CU event. And so God at work in the world. And the verse that struck me in this passage is verse 6. All over the world, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing. All over the world, this gospel is bearing fruit and growing. So it's one of those nights when you have a lot of pictures to see. So um, I thought uh, I don't know the whole world. I've just been uh, here in Scotland. In fact, uh, the whole four nations of the United Kingdom, I've just been into three. So still one to go, hopefully. <laughs> that Wells, one, one there, I'll go there. Um, and then I've been just a, a, a few parts in, in, in Europe. So the, the part I know best where I spend all my life is Africa. So I'm going to talk uh, some of the part of Africa, how the gospel is uh, bearing fruit and growing in the soil of Africa. And in particular, um, I come from the Democratic Republic of Congo. I don't know how democratic it is, but uh, um, this is going to be part of that. So the gospel is bearing fruit uh, in the soil of Africa. You get uh, big churches, particularly in the capital, um, 
here are. This is um, a place where the, the, that building you see there is a church, which you will see in a minute. But uh, it's also the university. I studied there. And so I went to that church while I was a student. And so this is the, the church itself. And inside, the next slide, and this is how people are getting in. So big churches in the capitals <coughs> of Africa. Uh, then we moved from uh, Congo to Kenya, and one of the Baptist churches there in Kenya is this, the Nairobi Baptist Church. I love to have a building like this here. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Um, and uh, it was great for me to be in that church and uh, look at inside how it is, you know, packed. So the gospel is bearing fruit. Uh, um, but then also you have uh, in small town, so these are the capital, but in small town you have also some big churches like uh, this one. This is, you have seen all some of these pictures, some of you. The day when Elise and I spoke about uh, our life from the Congo to here in Scotland. This is my home church, that's where uh, I grew up, that's where uh, I started the ministry. That's the church where we got uh, married with Elise. And you can see that Elise in, in white there after we've been here. And that small one there, that's Isaac. Oh. Yeah, and this one, the two, that's Elpis. And the, the thin one is uh, Pistis, who is now uh, a bodyguard. Anyway, so. <laughs> So that's the church, and uh, this is how it looks inside, and this is the church. And sometime uh, when it's packed, uh, you can see people there. And, uh, and sometimes we don't have a place to put people in big events, then we go outside. So the church is in Africa, it's uh, growing. But also you have uh, small churches in the rural area. Um, when I call rural areas the village, not the village here where you have a bank, where you have a, but this is really village. It's very hard to explain. And you get this small church like this. This is me here <laughs> on this side. I preach in that church. And so this is you. So you get a variety of uh, churches in uh, Africa. And um, so. When I was thinking about this, and I've never done this before since I came to Scotland, so the question I was asking, yeah, our Western church brought the gospel to us, and now we are here. Does the African church that is growing has something to offer to our Western church? Or to put it differently, can the Western church learn something from the African church? Perhaps not to learn, maybe to be reminded of something that we either forgotten or are struggling. And the reason is because, let's be honest, in a Western church, we are struggling. The churches are in decline. Um, this is the reality. And I'm not saying that the African church is perfect because no non-church is perfect. I was told if you find a perfect church, don't enter it because when you enter it, you spoil it. <laughs> so it's not a perfect church, but we can learn something. 
And, um, um, and I'm hoping that this is going to encourage us and inspire us, but also see that no matter we are here, as already this picture is showing, we belong to a big and a massive church, so we can encourage one another. But also we can be challenged because we can't stay comfortably like the Lent booklet we are looking at, how we cannot just stay like that. But I think the place to begin, we have things in common. You know, this morning, um, my friend, our dear pastor also, brought uh, the, um, what, the creed, and we, we recited. So we got these things in common. We have a faith in Jesus that is, is, is common, both the West and, and Africa. Um, perhaps in some aspect of uh, differences, for instance, uh, um, here, there is another dynamic uh, when I say live by faith. It's a dynam another dynamic in Africa for someone to live by faith. Love is a different aspect of love. Love here which we display to one and you know, people like Mary and all that going there and the money that we send to various parts. Love there also is there, but is another another dynamic, the different aspect. For 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 instance, um, here we have this now in our church here, wonderful ministry to have uh, meals that is being offered are being offered to people. Now there, you don't have this kind of meals that are offered like that, but other things which I call it love in action different ways because of lack of what I call facilities that, for instance, the government here have, like benefit. There, we don't have a benefit. Now, let me put it this way. For instance, there is no funeral planning where I have to save the money for a funeral. It's nothing like that. So if someone dies there, basically the church has to, they bring a table. Um, and then everyone brings, like we did in the morning, um, offering. So bring and put, give the money, good, and then they buy the coffin, and then they go and they buy the plot, and then they dig people. So you can see all this is churches doing that. So if I die in Africa, fine. <laughs> I don't need to bother about the coffin, you know. <laughs> if I die here, poor Elise. <laughs> and the family, like when, anyway. So there's a different matters of, 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 of love, love, love and faith in action there. But we can still learn something from the African church. Um, did, did you know that... Um, Africa was part of contributing to the formation of Christianity. For instance, um, um, the doctrine of Trinity. Uh, Steve, uh, I don't want to go because he, he can correct me. <laughs> he's, he's very much to that. But do you know the people who started this used the word Trinity for the first time in Latin? And this is an African. He's uh, a Tertullian. And then the whole uh, was also shaped, and these are the pictures I found on the internet. 
So you got uh, Tertullian on the other side, and you got Athanasius. And these are the, the two Africans that shape the doctrine of Trinity. So if we have the doctrine of Trinity, praise God for the African church. Seriously. But maybe there's more we can learn. And um, four things I want to talk quickly. Number one, there is a passion for evangelism. <coughs> a passion for evangelism. You heard that from Genesis. And this is uh, given to pastors who are in training um, and even before you go to training, you have that passion for evangelism. That is me there when I was trained, going through my training as a minister. And so we ascend into places where you have to gather people. That's me standing there. You see how I was just like a, a, a young lad there. That's me. Passion for, uh, for evangelism. And... Uh, when, when I say evangelism, this is how the African church defines evangelism. I quote, it is the proclamation of salvation in Christ to those who do not believe in him, calling them to repentance and conversion, announcing forgiveness of sin, inviting them to become living members of Christ's earthly community, and to begin a life of service to others in the power of the Holy Spirit. So at the center of evangelism, there is a call for repentance and inviting people to believe in Christ Jesus. And this, uh, this passion for evangelism um, is expressed in uh, not only like me going there, but also even when missionaries come from the West and visit Africa, we tend to take them into rural area to do evangelism. Like uh, this uh, friend of mine there with the little uh, baby there, that's Yona, she's from Korea. And South Korea, they, when we were in Kenya, so they came to visit us, in the, and we had to take them into rural area. And so as they, 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 there's that, that passion there, which uh, it's, it has to organ, uh, also translate into not only going into door to door, but also event like outside uh, the church, I think the next one, or oh, we're still drinking coffee there and tea <laughs> in those. Can you imagine? Now, this is uh, outside, and you have seen this. It's, we organize also events uh, for, for the outside. And the churches, because uh, it's, it's a bold move. And let's just see the video to just see this event.
That's actually 2017. I was there, so I preached in that uh, outside there. I was still here in the UK at that time, but they organized and they said, come and preach. So, Paulos, be ready to go with me <laughs> um, at some point. I mean, there's a passion for, for, for evangelism, which uh, is not only for pastors or ministers, but individuals who will also be unashamedly to speak about uh, their testimony uh, on a daily life. It's not only on a church, but also on a daily life, but also um, um, in, in, the, in the services. So passion for evangelism. Number two, there is a hunger for the word of God. I, I can't explain that because here I look there, so many Bibles, and sometimes I just, you, you, can't, you can't understand me because uh, where places I've been where there's no Bible and there is a hunger for the word of God. And not only to read them for themselves, but uh, uh, to study the word of God. And, and uh, I've been in the West for 17 years, and I know that uh, this is the reality. I'm not criticizing, but it's the truth. And sometimes the Bible study is uh, Bible study, and what I'm going to talk next uh, is the least attended meetings in the West. And sometimes in the places, some churches, they, they don't even exist. No Bible study. But, but the, the, the hunger for the word of God, which um, you, you see there, uh, this old lady and the people in the church, uh, they just uh, want uh, to know the word of God. I'll be speaking that uh, um, in, in, in our retreat, God willing, um, at tomorrow. And, and choose the, uh, at, uh, the, the student. There's an openness uh, of, uh, of people to, to, to know God and to read the word. And when you are in a place where you can't get the Bible, my goodness, when you get it. The third one is the prayer life. Now, I don't say that we don't pray here, but one of the aspects of the prayer life that is there in African church is what in this book of Colossians, the Epaphras who shared the gospel to these people, what he did himself in chapter 4, verse 12. It says he wrestled in prayer. There's a belief there that the devil is real. Is real. It's not just we invent the devil. It's real. And because it's real, then prayer is a means that God has given to his church in order to attack and be able to what we call the prayer of worth. And also healing. The other day, um, Angus and I were saying, Angus say, there's something I still, I, I'm trying to comprehend in my mind because even Jesus, when he gave this apostle, the, the, the disciple, he said, go and preach and then heal the sick. Now, one of the things that is very in practice in the African church is 
James chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. Anyone who is sick, let him call the elders of the church to pray for him. And the prayer will heal the sick. It's very much practice. And I have to confess sometime, now you begin maybe to understand me sometime, I find it hard here when people, either they are suffering themselves, but even the pastor doesn't know. Forget about me or forget about Paulus, but what about your elders as well, our colleagues? It's a challenge. So it's very much practice. But also the prayer there is the prayer which I call is not rushing away. I mean, you can see, by the way, that's me when I was still wearing robes in the past. <laughs> so I want to, I mean, we used to wear them when uh, it's an event, for instance, it's a wedding. And that's Elise there, you see there um, in our church there on the other side. So... Uh, the, the, the prayer is, uh, is that people uh, don't rush. Even the next, the next picture. Even in the church, when the service is there, no one cares whether I have to be kneeling or I have to lie down. You don't need to be looking, uh, oh, how, who's going to? No. You have gone, you have gone. No rushing, but waiting before the Lord, waiting on the Lord, waiting upon the Lord. The next one, which is the last one before I conclude, is the joyfulness. The joyfulness. The, the churches in Africa tend to have a celebratory mode. Challengingly, they give uh, little room to lament. What did the church in the West tend to focus on lament and give little room uh, to celebrate remorse? We need a balance. There's a joyfulness there in the, in the services. And it's kind of like a wholehearted and kind of uh, spontaneous, you know, Poor Paulos and the, the folks who come here, you know, I'm not saying they should not be practicing. 8, 8, 8.30, you arrive here to practice in every morning. Sunday morning. Yeah. Sunday morning. You, you go to the African church, sometimes there's no practice. They just turn up, and the, the preacher, basically, in the middle of the preaching, the, the worship leader can stop you, say, let's sing. <laughs> Spontaneous. I'm telling you, this is the kind, and is is a joy there. Uh, I'm not saying that we should copy everything, but I'm just telling you, is the joy, but also in the service, uh, this joy is not only reflected in. Um, uh, thank you, already putting this. It's not only reflecting in error in baptism, but also. People, people confess their sin publicly and repent publicly. Now, this is not 
just something mechanic. But I think when people are convicted with sin, convicted of their sin, they can't help it. And it's a joy that comes there. Limping, dancing sometimes, shouting. I have to be honest, sometimes I miss it. No time limit. <laughs> and sometimes no liturgical. As I said, spontaneous. Someone said that a healthy baby or healthy babies, um, apparently, they laugh average of 300 times a day. But a boring adult laughs only just five. <laughs> Sometime I listened to the news the other day, the one who is in what they call it again, uh, the people who bring the money and then you have to pitch yourself the den. Dragons then, yeah. One of their dragons then. One of them said, as he listened, he said, it's boring like a sermon. <laughs> and I thought, that's the impression they got eh, of the church, that the church is boring. If that's the picture that we give to people, the church is boring, forget about it that they're going to come. How can we foster a community of joy here? I was thinking, um, now, a few weeks ago when these people were here from the CU, they were scared because where they were sitting, one of them said, oh, I've never been to a church where I look at the next me, he's reading his Bible in Hebrew, the other one in Greek. <laughs> <laughs> what they said. So, just in case you are reading your Bible in Greek, can I say that if you are saved by grace, you know grace in Greek is what? Charis, yes. So there is an expectation that you also show joy, which Greek is what? Come on, Paulos. <laughs> I'm waiting. Greek people. Kara. So you have a Karis, you have a Kara. They're cousins, isn't it? They all go together very well. So in other words, a Christian is expected to overflow with joy. That's what you see in First Peter. How do we foster that? The house of God, I was challenged by Isaiah 56 verse 7. I will give them joy in my house of prayer. If, if our prayer meeting leads into a joyful moment, even after we have cried, I'm sure a lot of people will turn up to prayer meetings. But also may the Lord restore us the joy of salvation. But in this picture also, you see a lot of suffering in Africa. 
and particularly in Congo, there is ongoing water that is not on our radars. Many have died and are still dying. The rebels are there. And the reason is this, on our phones. Everyone who has a phone, there is something here, Colton, which 80% of that is in the Congo. And they can't just stop the war because they need to take this illegally to make money. You can do research, you find it. But there's a lot of suffering. But what do you see, despite the suffering, there is a joy. And Romans chapter 5, verse 2 came to my mind that uh, in our suffering, we can rejoice in our suffering. And that's what Karl Barth once described, that kind of suffering, a kind of joy in the suffering, it's a defiant nevertheless to a culture and maybe we can look to Jesus in Hebrews chapter 1 verse 9 he was anointed as one full of joy but let me conclude at the center of all this my friends my brothers and sisters in Christ, where the gospel is bearing fruit, like in the soil of Africa, and maybe we'll hear more in other soil, people are still excited about the gospel. People are still excited about the message of the gospel. And it's a challenge to me I keep asking, am I still excited about the gospel? Someone once asked, if you have a gift you want to give that will be suitable to the whole world, what would that be? Would it be books? Well, not everybody can read like some of my fellow in Africa? Would it be food? Well, some of the food are not tasty in Africa because food are different. Would it be clothing? Wow, the climate, some of the clothes can't fit into the climate. Would it be money? Wow, there are other Places where they don't use the currency. And I still have a tribe in the Congo called the Pygmy. They don't know money. They're still in the forest. What would I be? The only answer is what God offered to the whole world. It is his son. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. His only Jesus that is the gift to hold the world. And I don't want to be controversial here. Please don't misunderstand me. But I think there is a point in this uh, a banner 
that I saw in one of the churches. The world's most urgent need is the churches preaching Christ crucified, not climate change. I don't want to be controversial here, but my point is, am I still excited about the gospel? We have a gospel to proclaim. 